Hello, guys. How are you? Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Welcome to the pod. I'm Lindsay and this is Krista. We're best friends. Yes. We're neighbors. We're neighbors. We're twins. Confidants. Siamese twins. <laughs> <laughs> We're confidants. I don't know. We're excited to have uh, you. It's beautiful to have you here. Welcome to the middle of October. I cannot believe this year. This year. And that we're middle of October, but we're I here. I know. We're here. We're going to honor I it. Saw, I saw a meme the other day among 8,500 memes yeah. about this year, but it was like January, February, like... Sweet meme. Something, something. And then like, <laughs> then like October. I don't know. Anyway, okay. <laughs> I ruined it. But it was basically like that time from March. Yes. To, to now is like, yeah. huh? Yeah. I think, Yeah. I just wonder too, like when all, when when can the overall sentiment of the internet ever be positive? Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I just feel like, and I get it, but that's not how people make the big bucks. That's not how people make money. But yeah, not even with the media, but even just like Twitter and shit. Like it's never like, hey everyone, I I'm having a great day. You know, the most popular tweets, which I myself favorite, are the ones that are like sad, like sad boy tweets. Tell me more. It's just like, they're always like negative, sad. They're a lot oh, self-deprecating, which is really yes. fun. Funny. But um, yeah, it's just like the overall tone of the internet is always, I guess I'm talking specifically Twitter, mm-hmm. is always very like sad boy. Totally. Well, because I think it... People relate, it, it, I it guess. Asks, yeah, it asks for more conversation rather than yes. like, I'm doing great. And yes. everyone's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, where do we go from here? Yeah. Thumbs up. Thumbs up, yeah. Peace and blessings. But, you know, can't we just all... But then again, I do actually on Twitter sometimes see some really beautiful, like, kind tweets. Mm. Um, But yeah, I'm excited about this episode because I need a little clean beauty, like clean living in my life. Yes. I mean, I was thinking about this app and I was like, whoa. I mean, yes, we always need a little bit more, but I feel like we've come a long way. (laughs) Dude, I remember I used to put on... Toner, like from Clean and Clear, and my face would burn off. Oh, <laughs> but I liked it. I was like, oh, it's working. It's burning off my zits. Oh my God. And it would be so uncomfortable, but Dude. I continued to do it. Put it on a little cotton ball. Clean and Clear astringent. It was like, yes. ow, why is my face red? Like it was red and. Clean and Clear was raw, dude. <laughs> that was fucking raw. <laughs> it was savage raw. <laughs> yeah, what else did we use? I mean, I used to get like the pimple cream. I, from Clean and Clear. Oh, for sure. The pimple cream. But even like with makeup, I mean, I was like getting my foundations yes. from, I mean, either the drugstore or like if I really pushed for it, I was like, can I just please get like a MAC foundation? I oh mean, this God. stuff is actual c- cement. No hate to MAC because I think it's great. But it's full of like a lot of stuff and it was so thick. Everything mm-hmm. was so thick. And now I am, I am all about the light, dewy glow. Like the simpler, the better. Yes. Simpler, the better. I can't always pull it off, but I I want the simpler, the better. I'll never forget. I went to college with my friend and she was the first person I ever saw that wore wore full coverage. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. But it looked amazing. It's Photoshop in person, in real life. I was like, why is your skin? She's like, it's full coverage. I'm like, what have I been doing this whole time? And it was just like, whoa. I was like, you can have full coverage and it looks like that. I was like, whoa. I used to use a probably three or four shades too light 
concealer. Do you remember when oh, you used yes. to do that? Really light under the eyes. Yes. And it, in pictures, it would, the flash would like make it even brighter. You look like a coon. <laughs> like, you like a coon girl. I remember the white eyeliner. Yeah. That was amazing. The white eyeliner, I'd put it all around my eyes and then what was going on? Or I actually putting it inside the eyes. Yes. It, I actually was like a Mac girl in high school, maybe. Maybe college, but I remember class. I had a friend that like, I'll never forget in college. She said this to me and I even realized then that it was like backhanded. She's like, you know, you look so beautiful without makeup on. But it was more so like the illusion that like when you put on makeup, it is turquoise and you're wearing <laughs> black eyeliner and we're in Ohio. And it was like <laughs> totally clear that my makeup game was a little too much. I wonder if it'll ever come back. You know how we're in the like It these, totally will. It will come back. Because right old, now we're I'm in like, old enough to know that. Natural, whatever. And even, I feel like even like the kids are, they're either natural or Kylie. Yes. Natural or like James Charles in it. Yes. Which is dope. I mean, that's <laughs> I like know. an artistry in its own. Truly. For real. When I've seen those, I'm like, wow, that is powerful. I've yet to learn how to contour. I don't know a thing about it. I, I know how, but opposite. I'm not successful. What do you mean? It's like I put the light, like I'm thinking about the light and the dark, yes. uh, whatever. And so I've put like the dark down my nose. Oh, so I put it on, on the, the sides, sides to make the nose I know. thinner. Then you put light on top. Whatever, what? come join my masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this one's going to be a good one because we talk about things that I've wanted to explore with people that are knowledgeable for a long time. And Nadine Artemis is incredible. Yeah. Nadine is the founder of Living Libations. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people. They're like, have you used this brand? It yes. has a cult following. Everything is incredibly natural. Their product list is... We went to the store actually, and they just have the most creative, cool products. All of them just made with like top quality natural ingredients from deodorants to perfumes to oral care. Speaking of oral care, we really go into oral care in this episode. Um, Nadine wrote a book a while back, uh, Holistic Dental Care. And I didn't really realize, you know, you just think like, oh, let me use some mouthwash and just whatever toothpaste. And I didn't realize the effect of those chemicals, not only on like the microbiome of your mouth, but just like they're absorbed into your system. There's a lot of shit in them. So if we can get our oral and dental care natural, I mean, we're on our way. Yeah, it's a good start. So we talk about ingredients specifically and just like what about dental care can be um, harmful at times. I think we talk about deodorant as well. Mm -hmm. And then we also spend a lot of time talking about the sun. Yes. And how sun gazing and just being in the sun is so important for health, especially as like a natural way to increase happiness and overall mood, immunity, all these things and how the sun has been sort of demonized yes. within a lot of health uh, to talk so much about skin cancer, which is relevant. I've had people in my family have skin cancer, but if you're taking care of yourself in the sun the right way, you can protect yourself naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading something the other day and just, you know, with the time we're living in and just focusing on like building our immune system, like having D, like vitamin D is incredibly Huge. important along with vitamin C and zinc. But 
um, a lot of us are inside a lot more. And so like, if you can make that effort and gift yourself that like 15, 20 minutes of sunlight, it's really powerful. And you can also supplement with D3. Yeah. I think I was watching JP Sears and he was talking about how, especially with, and this is like not a doctor, but with everything going on with COVID, the importance of zinc, vitamin D3 and vitamin C is even more so important mm-hmm. now for your immunity. Yes. And then also too, the sun is really important. And it's unfortunate that, you know, we're not getting outside. We're not, you know, able to like be in the sun, especially when we need it the most. Um, so I just found that to be something that I'm trying to note and trying to get outside when I can. Yeah. But Nadine is incredibly knowledgeable. Um, and she has a newer book out called Renegade Beauty. So this is kind of like breaking down everything you need to know like about uh, clean beauty. And yeah, I just like... <laughs> I had a moment where I was like, Nadine, would you like to be my second mom? Like mm-hmm. I was like, She's a doll. you are so cool. So cool. So cool. <laughs> yeah. So cool. <laughs> yeah, there's so much to learn about clean beauty, clean living, holistic living. Um, and also I think in this one too, we talk about bras, not wearing bras. And how, oh my God, this is funny. We talk about not wearing bras and how it's important for your lymph system to be able to drain. And when you wear bras, the straps can get caught on an important place for where your lymph Mm, releases and goes in your system. So not wearing bras is the move. And it also increases the muscle tissue of your pectoral muscle because it's not being supported by something. So it's like good for your boob muscles. That's why we haven't been wearing bras. I know, honestly. Mm -hmm. Dang, I was like, that is, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, whatever, (laughs) sure. Sold. I'm sold. And just FYI, this uh, episode was actually recorded earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just wanted to kind of put that in context because so much has happened, but we really focus on natural beauty, natural health, the sun, etc. So excited for you to listen to this. I think it's as relevant as ever. And of course, you can connect with Nadine uh, through Living Libations on Instagram. You can get her book, Renegade Beauty. And yeah, we really appreciate you listening. If you're new to the podcast, thanks so much for being here. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts to get the new episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays in your inbox. Yeah. And then we have our new Paradigm Digital Series happening, which is exciting. We have conversations about sex and body image, human design and money, breathwork, light language healing. There is so much to offer through the new Paradigm Digital Series. And these are workshops to help you go deep on topics you love. So making time for yourself to really educate yourself, have fun during this time. We have those available for you at almost30.com slash newparadigm. And we have our shop. So that's shopalmost30.com where we have our merch, which is eco-friendly, sustainable, uh, women made by Danny of Daisy LA. We worked uh, in collaboration with her and we're super proud of this line and have loved seeing you in the sweatshirts and t-shirts. So you can get that there. And then we have courses and downloadables really to support you in your evolution. So uh, we'd love for you to peruse and see what really feels aligned to you to dig into right now here to support you. But thanks for listening and we will see you on the other side. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Longtime fan, our dear friend, Lacey Phillips, introduced us to you. Mm -hmm. I think I first heard about you when she was talking just about all the products from Living Libations that she uses and loves. And you, I feel like, from what I know of her, have impacted her the most with a lot of her practices and processes that she applies to her life. And I know so many people follow you and follow her. And I know you've just made such an impact. So we're so glad to have you. Oh, well, wow. Thank you so much. And I'm really happy to be here. 
Oh, we're so excited. And it's it's interesting being in the health and wellness space. It's definitely something we talk about a lot. And we're fed a lot of information. And I, I heard you on a podcast recently just talk talk about just that, where we're being fed a lot of information that isn't fact and not based in in science. And you know, I just while it's exciting to learn a lot of new things about our bodies, I'm really excited to dig in today about a lot of different things, whether it's dental health, microbiome, yoni biome, all the things so that we can get really clear on what's true for our bodies and how they work. You know, we were just talking the other day, I guess this is a good place to start in the winter of LA, even though the sun is still shining. I laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You're from Canada? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I yeah. remember you grew up and you were very like earthy and very connected to the earth. So I was wondering where that was. So Canada makes sense. We're in Canada. <laughs> we're in Ontario. Beautiful. Um, yeah. So it's above New York State and we live about three hours north of Toronto, deep in the woods. Oh, beautiful. So beautiful. But yeah, we were we were talking about like sun exposure sunscreen and just the importance of getting that. And we kind of grew up with our moms telling us to put on sunscreen, protect your skin, don't do what I did, don't bake yourself in the sun, all the things. So we kind of wanted to start there because it was something that we were talking about recently. I would love to go into just kind of the importance of getting that sun exposure and what we've been told about sunscreens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a deep, deep subject. And I too was raised with the you know, cover up, like don't get burnt. And here's all the you know, all the tools and stuff. And then meanwhile, we'd grab like a bottle of baby oil and tinfoil. <laughs> I did the baby oil, not tinfoil, but I yeah. did the baby oil for sure. I remember being at school and we'd like hike up our uniforms to get as much sun exposure and then pretend we were reading a book and put foil in the book. <laughs> so, like, oh yeah. That. Yeah, my mom used to do that. It was wild. because A, I didn't want to follow my mother's instructions and B, the sun felt good. So that was the odd part. But I'm like, but it feels so good. But of course, getting burnt isn't good. And so, you know, I guess our mothers were right about that. But um, yeah, we've kind of been lobbied into this loss of sunlight and uh, really sort of from the 40s onwards. And there's a, a, a book that I love and a doctor that I learned a lot from. And his name is Dr. Bernard Ackerman. And he wrote about the myth of the sun and melanoma. And his book is just so awesome. It's hard to find. It's really thick. And he's so radical but he's the founding father of dermatopathology, which is the study of um, skin disease. So it's even more sort of hardcore than dermatology. So he really knew his stuff. And he, you know, it's like the sun is so essential. And uh, there's really even a lot of studies that show from the New England Journal of Medicine to some Cochrane reviews that kind of um, collate a lot of different studies. And what we now know, and actually what we've known for a few decades, it's just not out there, is that the use of sunscreen actually creates more moles, more freckles, and more chance that your skin cells might go off into an abnormal realm. And so really, all of that we understand now because, or like a lot of people say, well, can I just take vitamin D? Because now we understand the importance of that with over 3,000 studies that show that you know vitamin D will, sufficiency in your body will slash cancer risk. For example, with breast cancer, if you have sufficient vitamin D levels, then you're reducing your risk of breast cancer, breast cancer by 50%, Wow, which is huge. And so besides the sunscreens being laden of chemicals that you are then baking into your skin, which is like a whole Yeah, that's issue, interesting. And thought. it's disruptive to yep. the endocrine system and the microbiome. 
What we now know is that when we apply sunscreen, the chemicals in there are actually dividing the UVA and UVB rays so that we are just getting UVA, which on its own is actually skin damaging. And then we're not getting the UVB, which is providing the vitamin D. So we need to get the full spectrum of sun wavelengths, which we're still discovering. Like we still don't even know them all. And of course, when we go into things, we always understand that the whole, receiving the whole, eating the whole, engaging the whole is going to be better. So we really want to engage with those rays in their whole form, but we don't want to get burnt. But even that I explained in my book that getting burnt is easier for the body to process, for the DNA to you know, deal with that burnt and in those skin cells than it is for the body to deal with wearing sunscreen for six hours all day, every day. Wow. And then, so what do you think that is? What I'm, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, but like, why do you, what do you think that evolution was where we turned to sunscreen and we kind of changed our view of, of what the sun would do for us? Where now in we have sunscreen that is increasing cancer rates because we're not getting the vitamin D in various ways. So what do you think happened within our society that made us start to go against the sun? I haven't fully gone into it, but Bernard actually does in the back of his book and it's fascinating. But I would say, you know, you're getting the advent of chemicals to an even fuller degree in the 40s and 50s. And then literally, you know, there's dermatology lobbying groups, which are connected to the production of sunscreens. And there's a whole situation like that, you know, and then also mixed in with that, obviously there's tons of people that are really believing that, right. you know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's people, you know, so there's a promotion of it because they really think the sun is bad, um, but we really do need the sun because taking a vitamin D supplement is 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 good and it's good for me in a Canadian winter, but it um, it's a fat soluble vitamin D that you're getting. And when your skin is engaging with the sun's rays, then we're creating a water-based vitamin D that creates cholesterol sulfate and antimicrobial peptides in the body, which is so key. And that can only come, come from the skin engaging with the sun's rays. And then the vitamin D becomes like this inner lubrication. So that concept of it sort of like drying and dehydrating us and creating age spots isn't actually the experience of the sun when you're not baking in chemicals. And of course, we also want to think of like, what are we offering the sun like within our body? So, you know, are we eating a diet that's rich in pigmented foods and healthy oils and good water? Or are we drinking Coca-Cola and eating Fruit Loops and then applying oxybenzene and letting that cook into us. Yeah, so that's a really interesting point, like kind of making sure that what you're giving and what you're putting in your body, because it does react with the sun. So how much, how much sun exposure without sunscreen should we be getting? That's a great question. So everybody's going to vary due to their heritage, their skin tone, uh-huh. where they are on the planet and the weather. So that there's a so good, it's easy. Yeah, it's easy for everyone. <laughs> Where's the Sounds chart? Good. I need a chart. <laughs> well, there's an app. There's an app for that. Love it. Really? Yeah. What is it called? Dminder. What's it called? Dminder. Dminder. So it, you'll it'll you'll put in your location, and it will it takes in the weather and all that, and it will literally tell you how long you need that day to get a certain amount of IU's of vitamin D. Wow. Wow. Now, without that, you can we can go back into our intuition and start understanding our body. And it's really simple. You're lying in the sun 
And uh, when you, you, you'll feel it and it's time to go in or seek sh- shade and you want to build it up. So always start slowly. Like now is the time to start in LA. I've been making mm-hmm. sure that I'm getting my sunshine. And then you want to start slowly, but surely. And then, you know, and start in the spring and just like keep going. It's actually midsummer. You're probably going to be tanning less and less. And then making sure that you're recharging your skin battery um, as the winter's coming along so that you can have that solar fuel when it's uh, lean times of sunshine. Wow. And the second part of that too, like the anti-aging thing, because yeah. people yeah, know, yeah, yeah. care about yeah. it. Um, I care about it. I, yeah. But I do love the sun. So are there natural things that we could be doing like post being in the sun mm-hmm. to make sure that our skin is Or is it the recovering? sun that makes us age? It's not, right. it, yeah. When you really look at it, and, and I love reading the doctor because there was it, the sun was really in fashion, like at the turn of the century, up until about the forties. You got Mademoiselle Coco Chanel even saying like, "No outfit is complete without a tan." Oh, I feel that's that. serious. <laughs> <laughs> and there was clinics in in Switzerland where people would go from all over Europe to heal, and then the Nobel Prize was given out in 1902 for heliotherapy to Niels Feinsen because they were curing diseases and. And it was really good, but and it was actually when you look at the skin, it was like it, you know, it cures acne and eczema, and it actually plumps the skin because you've got those uh, microbial peptides that are being activated. And so again, that's like if we've got our modern diet, we're on birth control pill, and we're chugging mazola. You're, that's the cause of age of the of melasma and mm. age spots. Wow. Okay. And if you're really, if you're taking into what I'm saying, but you're still a bit shy about your face and thinking you got, then just cover, you know, wear a hat and tan the rest of your body. You know, we had um, two questions. So vitamin D, fat soluble vitamin D that you take in supplement is from sheep. Well, from the lanolin, from the lanolin, from their from their coat. Okay. So nobody's dying. <laughs> um, no sheep. You know, but yeah, it's it's extracted from you know, and lanolin's like an old like an oil that used to, people would use on their skin and stuff. Okay. So yeah, it's a sheep skin, a sheep fur oil. <laughs> yeah. Sexy. Yeah. Um, okay. So for that, and then I actually wanted to go into related to vitamin D and sun care, just like in history. Like you said, in, in 1902, heliotherapy happened. And then also too, like sun worshiping. Yeah. You know, with Egyptians and the Greeks and, um, you know, Ra and all of that. And so what do you think like the spiritual connection to the sun and our connection to the sun is? Mm-hmm. There's a great Hafiz poem that's something like, you know, the sun has been my lover for millions of years. And uh, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, there's such a... To me, it's like, you know, whatever has created everything has obviously the sun's a part of that but I feel like when I'm when I have that ray when those sunbeams are on me I feel connected to to the source of everything even though it's still a part of it it just I feel that resonance and we do you know a lot of people do feel happier in sunshine that's that's a fact but the ancient cultures had like so much revolved around that you know in ancient Egypt they'd have special, uh, they would release myrrh uh, resin and burn that at noon to celebrate the noontime sun. And then you've got um, the original Olympic situation and those athletes, like the gymnasiums, these were outside and Olympic athletes were required to work out in the sun because they knew it created muscle tone as well. Wow. So it's a really fun way to work out. It's just like lying in the sun. How does <laughs> it, it does create muscle tone. And it's sexy. Yeah. <laughs> muscle tone, like visually or actual? Visual. Like, it, it, yeah, it actually helps your muscles remain oh. like tight. 
That, okay. And it's really good if you're sunbathing with a bit of a cool wind. That also helps muscle tone as well. And what the Egypt, Egyptians also observed is that I think it was the per, yeah per, a Persian culture would wear little little um, skull caps, and the Egyptians didn't. And they actually um, the men would shave their head in youth to allow for that sun exposure. And I cite a there's a famous battle in in uh, some battle back then. It's cited in my book, but so and then some historian, Greek historian, was visiting that battle site, and so there were skulls of the Persians and the Egyptians, and the Persian skulls would just like crumble with a stone hitting it, and then the Egyptian skulls wouldn't, and because it really does speak to you know the bone health. Vitamin D three is so essential for our bone health that fat-soluble vitamin. So it's just interesting things. Wow. So for someone that um, you know grew up with the understanding that you know sun exposure is bad, it will age you and it will make you wrinkly and it will burn your skin. I guess you know we've been doing a little bit more exploration of like how to integrate the sun more into our life. So what do you think would be the next steps for them? Because we wouldn't want them to get burned no. right away, right? Yeah. So how do you think they would really just step into like uh, making this a part of their life? Yeah, it's a great question. And I do have tips in the book and on the website because I know sometimes the book podcast, is, people are like, wait, wait. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> it's in Renegade Beauty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you want to start slowly but surely. And so again, maybe it's 5, 10, 15 minutes, right? For the first week. And that's how they would do it in, and these that's direct. in Switzerland. Yeah, direct. And then but maybe naked. it's your legs. Well, as much as you can. Okay. I mean, depending on where you live. But yeah, <laughs> like, I've got tons of neighbors. Yeah, I have a friend right. who does it on his roof. Yeah. Butt naked. But there are many like Luke's windows story and, does too. and things around. So does Lacey. <laughs> yeah, good. I, I I do, but I'm on 200 acres, you know. Oh, so yeah, we're, we're, and we have different decks that like that we travel to for like the different months of the year. And in, like, if I was at home right now, I'd just open up my slider door and I'd be lying on the floor, getting like the feeling the sun just to get that start. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just start slowly. And then for, you know, you can use uh, like oils like jojoba. We make a beautiful, everybody loves the sunshine. And we call it a sun harmonizer because it's going to allow your skin to just mm. harmonize with those sun's rays. But it's not, you just want to kind of get out of the SPF class because that's for synthetic chemicals. And then, you know, think about staying hydrated, drinking something with chlorophyll in it. I talk about some studies there that show how that's really beneficial in while you're tanning or just before or after it, because it really is our form of photosynthesis. We are receiving information on all levels, like on and on a real physical level that like, not just like spirit or emotional feeling good, but literally our bodies need that engagement. You know, we've been told you should have filters and, you know, just be careful, especially in LA. I feel like LA's water is really bad. What exactly should we be doing depending on where we are in the world? Not everyone has access to super clean water. So what could we be doing that's accessible and affordable? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a great, great transition because then we're, you know, if we're thinking about the elements, because if we really want to, there's a lot we could talk about and this and that and that plant. But if we really step back and understand what's reviving us and what's going to, be a part of our beauty is the elements. So you've got the sun, water, mm-hmm. air, and the earth. So when we touch on all of those, then we know that's sort of our our arsenal that will help take mm-hmm. care of us on the planet. So with water, yeah, you want to, you know, get as clean water as possible. And it is easy to get a good filter from, you know, whatever Amazon that will filter out the chlorine and some things for like, you know, about $30. So I always recommend that to start. Like and a Brita? No, or... just like for the shower. Okay, got it. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't drink Brita water 
I'm not sure, but I'm not sure of the differences in filter. But yeah. what I used to do is we got a very, when we rented an apartment in the city, we had a very good shower filter. And then all things we would do from there. So we would rinse our kale in the shower. And if we were having a, a bath, we fill it up through the shower. Genius. So that was like the best thing that we could do without like doing a whole home situation. And then, you know, find out if there's a spring in your area. And then, you know, we know a lot of people that will drive, you know, once a month, go get that spring water. But I mean, the the easiest thing to do is to get that shower filter. And then for your face and brushing your teeth, you could have a bottle of spring water in a glass bottle that you, you know, that if you're just using it for washing your face and brushing your teeth, that lasts for a few months. I mean, sorry, a few weeks at a time. And you could just have that in your bathroom. So that's some easy, simple ways to, you know, get some purer water into your life. But yeah, the city tap water, municipal tap water is chock full and the studies are outrageous. And it's like, we're talking veterinary drugs, birth control, opioids, cocaine, like it's all been found in water. And then there's the chemicals that are used to clean it. Wow. I, I list things in my book, like, but it's yeah, not pretty. And to the point of the birth control being in the water, I've heard that, you know, because of the increase of birth control in our water, that that's contributed to the decrease of uh, fertility in men. Mm. That because we have higher birth control for women of that traces of that in our water, more men are ingesting that water. And then we have less fertile men. That could be. I could also see it just being part of a whole yeah. situation because even the like microplastics EMFs. that are just in yeah. tap water now, which again, we're not seeing that. Plastic we can't see. That's like they've, they tested like bottled water, for example, um, in tap water, and there's just microscopic plastic. And the amount that like if you're classically ingesting water and eating normally that a human is in, in like, oh, I forget what they were saying, almost like a credit yeah. card a week. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. Glass, so, and then we bottles. have... Are those, glass bottles better? Yeah. Yeah, then yeah. You're not, yeah. So there's that, but if it's a, like, if it's a, a, a water company that's just putting tap water into a glass bottle, then you've still got issues. And then the yeah. other issue with, um, like, you know, if you got like Fiji water or something, you're like, oh, great, I'm going to... But what they do there is they make the plastic bottle at the factory and then they inject the water into warm, hot, freshly made plastic bottle. So that's Whoa. deeper than just putting water in plastic, like for the issues. So you don't... That's not really a solution either. But, you know, all the plastics, those contain xenoestrogens. And so, you know, there that could be contributing to... Yeah, that's true. ...the male. Mm. Wow. So there are no federal standards regulating pharmaceutical residue levels in bottled water. So basically, they don't track or keep... There know. is definitely good bottled water yeah. out there. But, you know, if, it, if that's the path and you want to choose gla a glass and, uh, you know, know your source, what spring it's from and that kind of a thing. Wow. And I love that you yeah. referenced uh, the Emoto study, you know, Masaru Emoto, mm -hmm. who did the pictures yeah. of the uh, water particles that looked like snowflakes, which is like one of the most beautiful things. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I love that. And that's a good point because if all else fails and you're on a total budget, then you can just love and pray over your water. And studies show that it does transform the water molecules. So we've always got that. <laughs> and put little affirmations in there. Yeah. Mm. They, had, um, they had bottles of water with words like love, happiness, and then hate and yeah. despair. And the water that had the affirming words of love had the more beautiful crystalline mm -hmm. snowflake type 
Yeah, it was like uh, more organized. You could just yes. see because yeah. within Symmetrical. beauty is symmetry. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or crystals. Putting yeah. crystals in your water can also help as yeah. well, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I'm getting my shower. I had a shower filter, but I didn't actually think of like washing vegetables in there. I think that's such a good yeah. hack. And like a lot of these things, like people might think, well, am I really going to do that? And literally it takes minutes more to do it. And I think it's just about creating that routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just getting used to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and last point on the water. So not only ingesting, but the effects on your skin too. Because I think sometimes people, if they move to a new city, they're experiencing like maybe drier hair or skin or what have you. So exactly what's happening? Is that just the bleach well, or chlorine? Yeah, or? I mean, the chlorine alone, forget all the 200 different chemicals, the chlorine alone is just so disruptive to our microbiome. So, and that's a, it's a huge part of on our skin and scalp. So if you have dandruff, like get a shower filter, it literally might just be the chlorine. You know, I mean, there's other things you right. can do. Like I would say, switch your shampoo and look at some less sugar in your diet, but literally you could be reacting to the chlorine. Why do you say sugar? Because sugar creates a fungus. And then for a lot of people, that ends up on their scalp. From the water piece, you know, something that we've talked, you've mentioned a few times before, and something that's really relevant for our girls is talking about birth control. Mm -hmm. Um, So many of the women in our community are women that have been on birth control for a long time and are now getting really curious about what it looks like to get off naturally and to cycle sync and really just be more in tune with their womanly cycles. What would you say... um, to women about birth control if they wanted to get off? How do you think their protocol... What do you think their protocol should look like? Yeah, that's a great question. And yeah, if you can get off of it, it's I highly recommend it because it really does disrupt the hormonal system. And from the early birth control pills that like my mother was taking, uh, which were re- was wreaking havoc on their bodies, it may have been slightly refined, but then we, I think we're in a whole new era of ones that like you're get to skip your period for a whole year, or there's the ones that you can inject in your arm. Those kill me. Cause, mm. Well, and they kill people. Yeah. It literally creates a pulmonary. Also, too, it's pulmonary. very interesting. The ones that the, you inject in the arm are the chips. Have you seen the chip ones? I, oh my god! So yeah. the chip ones. It's interesting. I've noticed that a lot of the um, advertisements for chip birth control I've seen in places where like marginalized communities live and low-income families live. So it's like on buses or like in just areas where I think they're targeting that demographic Mm -hmm. to get that chip birth control, which is heartbreaking. Is that like a tracking device too? (laughs) I mean, say no more. You know what I mean? You said it. (laughs) Well, <laughs> well, and then we found Not out that dog. the period trackers, right? Those that that data was going to companies. Stop. Want. Wait, what? Tell me more. Yeah, like I, I I don't know which ones or some are or some aren't, but yeah, your happy period tracker app, all that data was going to people, and then maybe you mix that with your twenty three and Me studies. And, I mean, I mean yeah. those for sure. But I guess why would people mm-hmm. want my cycle information, maybe to target me when I'm feeling weak. Probably. <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, that's kind of the ultimate conspiracy to have control of like our cycles in that way. It totally. I love, I'm just because I want it. There's a great quote from Tom Robbins. I, I think it was Still Life with Woodpecker. So he writes, was it entirely paranoid to suspect that all of these stoppers, thingamajigs and substances devised to prevent conception 
were intended not to liberate womankind from the biological and social penalties imposed on her natural passions, but rather at the insidious design of capitalistic Puritans were supposed to technologize, to dilute its juices, to contain its wilder fires, to scrub it clean, to order it uniform, to render it safe. Substituting these risks for the less mysterious, tamer risks of infection, hemorrhage, cancer, or hormone imbalance. Oh, wow. That was written by a man. Um, (laughs) I know, I was going to say, Tom? Yeah, Tom. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) So... Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a precarious situation out there because then there's even, we've got issues with spermicides and some of the things that would coat condoms. And then, of course, condoms, you know, are, are not foolproof. But it is very important for women to know their cycles. And that, you know, that's not taught with such a sex edge or in the beginning, like which we should, so we know there's a period, but what about ovulation? We don't know about that. I had a dear friend in her late 20s, a very educated. She was a teacher, awesome woman, wasn't getting pregnant. I was like, well, are you making love when you're ovulating? And she didn't know that. Like, you know what I mean? Like we are missing Uh huge parts. So if you can know your cycle and it's really obvious when you're ovulating, it's such a key thing to know. There's different fluids and juices that come out and we've got to know that part of our bodies, that part of our cycle. And then you, you know, you can chart that and see if you're regular. But the, one of the major issues with the birth control and all of its variations is it actually puts the body into menopause. And this is not the age you want to be signaling menopause to your body. And it can become more challenging to become, to be, you know, to conceive later on. It really messes with fertility. So we kind of want to get a grip on that. And um, there's actually been a lot of success with ingesting neem for men. And they would. there's a lot of studies from the Indian army that have done it. What's and neem? Neem is a herb. It's a very potent herb. It's great for digestion. It's a big herb in Ayurvedic medicine. And we actually use it in some of our oral care products because it's very, it's a good bitter and it's good, good for oral health. But just like, and it's great for digestion and stomach. So men just are taking it just like a herb, like a, I don't, I don't know the amounts. I have, write about the studies in the book. So it's just like a little bit every day and it doesn't do anything to their testosterone or virility. And the moment they get off, everybody's able to conceive. So it actually seems like the magic thing we've all been looking wow. for. And it's for, the man takes it. Wow. It change. Yeah, it is unfortunate that I feel like women bear the like weight of fertility. So and you know, it's such a it's huge like, outcome. Like, yeah. it's mm-hmm. so... like not only are we carrying the child, we have we carry the burden of like being the person that has to be f- fertile mm-hmm. and not many think of the men, the man's role within that. Yeah, but there's a lot, you know, affecting sperm motility right now. So there's even like sort of infertility, but then there's a motility. So how like energized are the sperm? And, you know, there's even lubes like KY jelly affects men's motility. So we really want to be thinking about like the whole little landscape down there and and you know even and then what are you know even what are the men doing and how are we interacting together? I mean if it's if it's a heterosexual situation. So there's a lot to think about and the yoni microbiome is hu- is a huge area for women to care for and it's not something that's talked about but literally um the microbiome being off in the yoni can affect, you know, the fallopian tubes in the uterus. And literally, that could be the cause of infertility in a woman where she may be going down a very expensive IVF path, but it really could be about 
sometimes recalibrating the microbiome down there. So, you know, has there been a, a lot of courses of antibiotics over a lifetime? That can affect things. And now we also know that even the mouse microbiome, so if there's a lot of, you know, if there's um, things off with that, with bacteria and bleeding gums, um, the pregnancy could be, uh, um, what's it called, like short-term. It could be mm-hmm. premature birth, for example. So there are mysteries of the body that we're still figuring out, but the common practices and the common ways we've been told to care for our bodies are affecting our fertility, our health, and our well-being, even though sometimes we're doing it apparently in the name of beauty and health. And this is the the, the trip we need to get off. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to talk more about the yoni microbiome, especially with all the products that were marketed as women. So it's, you know, tampons, cups, discs. Um, Disc, I don't know that one. It's like a... It's kind of like a cup, same type of deal, but it's Smaller? just a disc and it has like a little medical grade... I wouldn't say plastic because it's not plastic. Yeah, it's kind of like silicone. Okay. So, but I'm just curious as to like your your experience and thoughts around that because I think we're just marketed over like what is right, even well, if it's, whole, it's yeah. even if it's organic, yeah. you know. So, well, yeah, it's a whole other in. marketing niche, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, we got that whole area. I'm sh- I don't know, but I'm sure just like vagina products at the drugstore, that's probably a whole multi million dollar industry for sure. But we need to kind of get the industrial military complex out of our yonis. So I just say no to like tampons, even organic. I would say give your body a break. Like there may be a moment, you know, again, if you're like swimming in the Olympics, sure, go wear that organic tampon. But like generally just stop putting some things up there. This is the apex of our being and the skin is one cell thick. So it's like a straw and everything Mm. is going into the bloodstream so fast, faster than application to the skin. So we want to like, you know, look at alternatives to spermicides and like douches and shower gels and all anything in the drugstore that's made for the yoni. We don't need it. Like the when it's in balance, when the microbiome's in balance, it's sort of like the original self-cleaning oven. And it will, that that special acidic environment that's natural, it will, you know, it's there to you know, fight off disease and infection. We just have to get out of the way and let the microbiome do its job. How do you know if the microbiome is imbalanced? Well, you would know sort of like, you know, from sort of a yeast infection situation or anything mild, like just sort of having daily dryness or irritation down there would just like, maybe it's not a full scale yeast infection, um, you know, and there's can be different irritants, like maybe it's the polyester underwear, or maybe you need to switch to like a non-bleached mm. toilet paper. And then we do make some yoni serums, which just you know, re-lubricate that area and then also just kind of provide a nice buffer um, from little, you know, toilet paper, dust and all that kind of stuff during the day. Because, uh, you know, again, we're, we're, you know, our yonis aren't breathing like they, you know, would have a, had a chance in earlier times. And we're not going to be, re- that's something we're not going to probably be reverting back to. So, you know, we've got to uh, like kind of compensate and kind of add some lubrication to that area so we can protect it while it's sort of like, you know, dressed all day and not getting exposure. I love that. <laughs> like put your clothes on. It's like sad to put clothes on. So so to that point, I guess what would your suggestion be? You know, not wearing underwear, is that okay? Or like just letting it breathe when you can? Like what's ideal? Yeah, those, I mean, if you think about it too, and like in earlier times, I mean, we if we were wearing skirts, we would have been sort of squatting on the ground a lot and like engaging with like the earth's microbiome and it just would have been a lot different. So if you're sunning and you can, that's a great moment to just let the sun shine there. 
And, you know, yeah, if you're wearing, like I wear a night dress, so I'm not, you know, just sort of allowing a bit of breathing there. You know, I just where you can. And definitely if you are wearing underwear, that's where you really want to have that organic cotton. That's a good place to invest some organic dollars. And lastly, shaving, waxing, any of that, like what's the benefit of having hair, not having hair? Well, the hair there is protecting that little lady layer down there. And so you want it, you want to have the hair there. It and it also is like a nice little pheromone rug. And so, you know, there's it's a part of our sensuality. And um, you know, overshaving, like eventually it's not good for the skin. The skin's gonna sag a bit more. It's, you know, you know, you can always trim your hedges, but I don't think you need to shave. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, the sagging is fascinating. Yeah. And then you know, that's a whole new thing too, because there's so much visual pornography available these days that women's relationship visually maybe where women didn't even think mm. or we didn't have to compare, you know, like that part of yeah. our body. But now that's created a whole other thing. And the increase in like vaginal bleaching cream, which is insane, or vaginal surgeries. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because wow. now yeah. we're comparing that area. Oh. Yeah, it's sad. I've never like seen it. <laughs> I swear to you, I've like never seen porn. <laughs> You're like looking I at the ceiling. I literally don't know what room. anything looks like. I swear, it's crazy. We were like comparing. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> there was a really neat art project that was done, and women made little uh, plasters. Of, oh, like that white. Yeah. Like, yeah, and there was a whole wall. Cool. And everyone was so radically different. Wow, like little snowflakes. I should ask Justin. <laughs> how, how am I? How am I comparing down there? Uh, to the, you know, moving up yeah. to the breasts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not wearing a bra today, inspired by you. So, what what is the um, reasoning for you know wearing maybe a soft bra or not a bra? Yeah, well, there's so many options now with like a little bit of lycra in. Like, I love getting like an organic bra with a, just a touch of lycra or bralette. I guess they're called. Yeah. Um, because we've got so sort of the more restrictive bras and with the underwire and all that is is we're literally cut, cutting off circulation and creating a lymphedema in our breast because it's also really hooked up to the armpit area. What's a lymphedema? Like um, when the lymph is... Con- so our lymph system, which is about the flu- flow of fluids throughout the body, it gets congested. And then it's kind of like we create a little cesspool for our breast and that area gets stagnant. And so we're not flushing out the things that are sort of going through our breast. We're letting it pool there. And so if when you're at the end of the day and you take off your bra and there are red marks anywhere in that area, then it's just, you got to re-examine that. So that, because you're cutting off circulation, it's just on a micro level, but you're doing that, you know, daily. And then, and then if you're applying that aluminum-based deodorant and getting a micro dose of, of aluminum for a few decades... It all goes in there. And when disease breast tissue is studied, they find the aluminum and methylparabens in there. So there is a direct correlation. Wow. I'm done with that one. Is there any correlation to to like the constrictive bras and breast cancer? Like anything? Yeah. Because I know I, the aluminum study. Yeah. That. And there there is some studies that have done and I, I don't remember the exact stats, mm-hmm. um, but they were saying it's kind of akin to like smoking, what it's doing for your breasts, which is pretty radical. Whoa. And you yeah. said something about muscles too. Yeah. And then an interesting thing is we think it keeps them like up, but 
it's like if we had a sling for like if we broke our arm was in a sling eventually and we just kept it in the sling it, it would eventually atrophy and so you know training bras and those kind of concepts it's like don't start early you know allow the muscles in that area to like engage and and do do the work mm. allow your boobs to do the work <laughs> um speaking of deodorants yeah. you know we've in the last few years have become very educated on using more natural deodorants. But now I'm kind of confused too within the natural deodorant realm. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to go in there and certain ingredients that we should be looking out for. Mm -hmm. And do we even need deodorant? Because I've been like not really using it a lot. And I don't... You know, my boyfriend doesn't live here, so everything's good. But like, I just like don't care as much. And I also kind of enjoy it. I only (laughs) smell when I'm wearing clothes that are... Not yeah. yeah. If you have a synthetic shirt like exactly. polyester, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just stopped buying the polyester vintage clothing. <laughs> it's just yeah, even though some great designs. Yeah, so um, yeah, even within natural deodorants like that stone deodorant, you know, it oh, yeah. still has a type of aluminum in it. For example, what's stone? Really, I actually don't know. It's some salt. It's some chunk that's in a health food store, and it looks really natural because yeah. it's like this stone. Oh. But it's not a real stone, and then you wet it, and that's like this stone deodorant. But it's still, but you don't even know what it is, so it's okay. Yeah, don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, no one does. Mm. So we look out for aluminum. What other other yeah, things? Yeah, we we'll just for? just generally any ingredients. We make up something called poetic pits, which is just sandalwood essential oil with other essential oils. So it's actually fully a concentrated product. You'd need one drop or one stroke each armpit, and it lasts until your next shower or bath unless you want to reapply, but it really is so long lasting. And I got the idea like a few decades ago because sandalwood actually has a plant hormone that's similar to our androsterone. And so it's this phytohormone. And I just was like, and that is excreted from the armpit. So I just felt like there was a real synergy with sandalwood in our armpits. And there really is. It's this beautiful natural deodorant. You can even just use sandalwood. And, um, and it's got this thicker viscosity that's unusual for an essential oil. And so that does the trick. And then we've also make underarm charms, which are like cream-based deodorants with some baking soda and clay and the essential oils. So that those are great options. And there's quite a few. Um, the poetic pits are very unique to us. I haven't seen anybody copy that. But of course, there are there are some good brands of cream deodorants out there. It's pretty simple to make it clean. Mm. So that's exciting. Good. And or, or like a touch of baking soda little dusting. And when you're in the sun, sunning your armpits will also help. Oh, okay. And for um, essential oils and aroma, like how, how does it, how do essential oils even work? You know, because it's amazing what they can do. And I do have a hard time explaining exactly how they work because so many of essential oils can do so many different things. They really can. And of course, with essential oils, you always actually want to have real and genuine because they are such beautiful extracts. There's a lot of synthetics around and there really has been, you know, since the 80s. Um, so first you want real. And then, yeah, the reason why I love them so much and they're such a, a huge part of my palate is because, you know, there's herbal extracts, which are great and herbal infusions, and tinctures, but essential oils are generally made through distillation. So it's this whole other alchemy and um, where you're kind of capturing, you're capturing a part of the plant that you can't capture un- unless it's been distilled. And to, to be distilled, the plant matter is, um, there's a, a fire source underneath and then it's put in water. And then that heat 
sends up these molecules in a vapor form up into the ethers, which is caught in these condensing coils. And then it comes back down and sort of to the earth, sort of back into a conscious, back into physical form. So it's gone in from like an ether form and then it comes back into like a solid form or like a liquid solid form. And then that's the essential oil, which is then strained off of the distillate water. And if it was rose, for example, that distillate water underneath would be rose water. So it's it's not water and rose oil. It's literally from the distillation and contains microsoluble components of the oil. But then the essential oils, which it's kind of a strange name because they're not actually oily, like a fat, like olive oil, they're volatile. So if we left a top off, eventually it would just evaporate into the air. So they're really neat because to me, they kind of bridge spheres. They're kind of like form and formlessness. And then within that, they can really communicate and speak to our emotions, to spirit. So using them for meditation, opening up pathways in the brain. But in a real physiological level, they affect the body in very tangible ways. So when we inhale essential oil, the molecules travel through our nose into our hypothalamus, and then they go to the body and do the work, whether it's in the lungs or the liver. So when we're inhaling, it really works. So even if you couldn't smell the essential oil, it's going to have a physiological impact on the body. And then all essential oils to varying degrees are all antiviral, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, and antibacterial, which is an amazing substance. Like that's really also what we need these days. And so with things like, uh, because we're overusing antibiotics and we've created this huge issue with antibiotic resistance because it kills all bacteria, what's really neat and what they're discovering with essential oils is that they are able to eradicate the pathogens Inhibit quorum sensing of the pathogens. So inhibiting all the ways the pathogens are communicating and expressing their genes. And they're able to get along with the good bacteria. So really at this day and age, that is so key. And that's why even like some farms in Europe are using essential oils in the feed now instead of antibiotics. Whoa. Because we're able, so they're really, so there are these beautiful things that smell like heaven and they're very potent medicinal allies. And that's why I love mm. them so much. Wow. The fluoride, the toothpaste, all this stuff. So I'd love to just kind of dig into the truths as adults, what we should be focusing on as far as dental hygiene products to avoid and all that. Mm. Yeah. So we really do have like the whole range of you could walk down a full drugstore oil and there'd be all the aisle and there'd be all these options. But never before have we had more cavities and more root canals as a nation and more gum disease. Like 98% of the population has bleeding and receding gums. So uh, our oral care is not in order. And so many of the things that we're using, if again, just the, the classic toothpaste and mouthwash and all those things that are available are messing with our oral microbiome. So we're literally mutating microbes and making some species extinct. And, you know, it was sort of like the acidogenic theory of decay kind of came out of the 1940s as well, as that was also the time when we were like antibiotics and just like scorched earth policy on germs, right? It was just like kill all germs. Now we know, oh my God, there's like a whole realm of good bacteria that balances the pathogens. So we've got this a similar story in our mouths. So for example, mo- most everybody has strep 
in their mouth. And then, but we're able to keep it under control if our good bacteria are doing their job. And now what we're seeing is because we've mutated microbes and different species in our mouths, the pathogens are able to get out of control a bit more, you know, and they're able to create more biofilms because we've literally, it's kind of like disturbing the soil, like the soil we have now, you know, isn't the soil of yesteryear. It doesn't have the same bacterial balance and minerals. So like our mouths are like a little microcosm of that. So we want to be able to restore the friendly bacteria, but of course, clean up the pathogens. And so we want to work with substances that will actually sort of rebuild the immune system of our mouths and take care of our gums. Because then we're using, when we're using ingredients with things like sodium lauryl sulfate, we're literally like wearing our wear our gums and, and creating bleeding gums. And when we have weak gums, then our teeth can get loose and then the gums can recede. And then we're going to get gum line cavities and, you know, the whole thing gets out of control. So we have like eight steps that can really help people bring their mouths back into order. If you haven't seen the dentist in a long while, you know, follow those steps for like three to six months. And you'll have a much, much better and probably less expensive appointment, for example. Um, but we really want to work with alkalinity. So, you know, like rinsing with baking soda. And you can literally, like we make beautiful dental serums and all of that. But literally, if you just stopped everything you were doing today and just pulled out baking soda and swished with it and used that as the grit for your for your toothpaste and did that for the rest of your life, you would be like just a million times better off than using drugstore products. Wow. Do you think that the the cavities and um, the state of our oral health also has to do with our food? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, what? So the acidogenic theory, which was like that, just acids and sugar on the teeth surface create cavities. What we, even though at the time some dentists were like, "Oh, I feel like it's more systemic and like related to different things," and so now we have an understanding of that and what we what not every dentist knows, but um, thousands of studies were done to show the existence of a dentineal lymph fluid. So like we have a lymph system, so do our teeth. And so uh, when we chew food and hopefully it's mineral rich and vitamin rich, that that creates um, chemical messages that enact, enact the hypothalamus to then release other chemicals from the parotid gland, which creates a whole system of bringing nutrients from the dent- to, um, to the dentinal lymph fluid system up into the tooth. And then that's kind of like, it's kind of like a tree. So how tree gathers nutrients from the soil up into the tree, that's like our tooth. So so the roots are pulling in that lymphatic, the nutrients, bringing it up into the pulp chamber. And it's sort of this uh, upwards spiraling motion. And then that, that fluid, it goes out onto the surface of the teeth, like microscopic sweat that then coalesces with the saliva to create a healthy tooth environment. When we're not getting enough nutrients or our diets are high in sugar, not the sugar sitting on our teeth, but how it's affecting our blood sugar, that fluid system will stagnate. So it just becomes sort of like nothing's happening or it, it can get worse by reversing. And then our tooth become, teeth become like this straw pulling in bacteria and viruses from the mouth into the tooth. And that's actually the genesis of how a cavity is formed. So we need to understand that so that we can understand why vitamin D3, K2, magnesium, phosphorus, how these vitamins are essential to maintaining really healthy teeth. Wow. And so much of dental care 
today is really about the aesthetics, so whitening, cosmetic dentistry. What should we look out for there? Yeah. So if you're going down that road, you're going to sort of set up a lifetime of like white teeth for a moment and then sort of an earlier yellowing and a vicious cycle of thinner enamel and blah, blah, blah. So what we also need to understand is that the whiteness of the tooth actually comes from within. Enamel is actually more like a transparent window and it's reflecting the health of the tooth inside. So that's that pulp chamber, which I always think of like you want it sort of fat as in fat with the fat soluble vitamins, D3, K2, you know, getting that sunshine in. And then your tooth will reflect that whiteness. Mm. Now there's going to be, especially um, maybe a lot of your listeners eating pigment rich foods like spirulina or blueberries or red wine. And so there can be discoloring from that, but most likely that's actually just sort of a surface layer and it's discoloring older calculus or tartar. So you want to clear that off, but like, so some of the whiteness is just literally the older plaque um, or the not whiteness from that discoloring of the food. And then you can use things like hydrogen peroxide, like once or twice a month, 3%, mix it with baking soda. And you know, that will help whiten your teeth enough. Wow. Okay. I always was a little questioning whenever I saw someone with like the red teeth from wine. I'm like, what is that? (laughs) Um. You know, I just admire you so much and your knowledge and your journey. And, you know, Almost 30 was started during our Saturn return transition to our 30s and just all the changes that happened then. If you could go back and, you know, talk to your late 20s self, like what practices do you wish that she knew about? What were maybe some self-love rituals that you wish you were doing then? Like, what would you say to your late 20s self? Mm, That's fun. That was was an interesting time. Um, (laughs) Well, that was like I had... I started a store when I was 22. And then that was the culmination. It was the last two years where I had a business partner and we were just like, you know, we had the same vision to open and everything. And then it just, it was just evolving as it easily can with two people. So yeah, those last two years. So, and then on tw- when I was 29, on my 29th, uh, on my 29th birthday, on January 29th, because that's when my birthday is, it all ended. And, so that's when I had to just sort of walk away from that and then to restart. So it was a really interesting moment. And I would just, uh, what would I say? Yeah, just like it's always working out. And if it is stressful in the current moment, the story is not finished. It's just not the end of this little story. Mm. Wow, that's a good one. Wow. What about if you're stuffing the emotions? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure to stuff them. <laughs> and then you know, what, it was finished for me. <laughs> and I did, it was neat because as a child, I see those Freedom Fifty Five commercials, and I was always like, Fifty Five. What are those? Yeah. Uh, insurance ads, mm, I think. Of course, I think they're still. I don't know if it's still around, but um, I would always say, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be retired at 29. And I was, I mean, I didn't really have much. Um, it wasn't like a big retirement, but, but I decided I was going to retire from becoming. And um, I just took like a year off and like, I because it was really quite a run, like sort of going to university. I opened it like six months after I graduated and then it was just flow, like just flowing and, and going. And so I just, you know, I read a lot. I wanted to catch up on all the Rumi books and I read all Krishnamurti mm-hmm. books. And I just was like, I'm going to just file my brain so far and just really clear up. A lot of stuff. Which of books from Rumi and Chris Labar would you recommend? Oh, like all of them? I mean, anything. I mean, my favorite translator of Rumi is Coleman Barks. Mm -hmm. And all of them. I just like, yeah. What is the one a day? 
Oh, the, sure. The one a day that like, I mean, and he has some bigger compilations now, but before he had these smaller little books like Unseen Rain or uh, Bridge to the Soul, Say I Am You, We Are Three. It was all good. And then Krishnamurti, uh, like I was so, I was, I remember saving up. I wanted to buy his complete works on a CD-ROM. It was like 400 pounds. It was like, I had to get it from Europe. Of course, now it's all on the internet for free. But I remember really saving for that. And I mean, just his works like Total Freedom, This Light in Oneself. He was the first one that I, him and Rumi, I would read them. And I just was like, this is 100%. Like, this is just so, I don't have to edit. And I was really, even in university, I would take philosophy. I was really interested in how we think. Because it seems like, you know, if you can catch the thoughts before the thoughts and sort of be receiving thoughts more than thinking the thoughts, then you really on your way to like understanding how to like co-create with the universe. It is profound when you find work or books or teachings that you're like, oh, this is, there's no shadow of a doubt. Yeah. This is, this is it. It's really profound. That's how I feel when I hear conspiracies. (laughs) (laughs) True. And I just love, especially, you know, in your new book, Renegade Beauty, just redefining like what is beautiful and, um, you know, living in LA, it's it's an interesting ride, you know, to be kind of like shown all of these um, versions of beauty and the treatments and then this and then that. So I guess my question is really like, what is your hope for the evolution of this industry of beauty, of wellness, as it becomes more of a focus for people? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I often just think like, as, you know, I'll just make sure our realm and our world is is all in order as it seems like too much to control <laughs> the rest of it. Yeah. But hopefully, let's let the industry aside. Hopefully, women can just find that intuitive base, you know, find their North Star, ground in their self-esteem, ground in their bodies. And then that could change the industry because the expectations will change. Mm. You know, and I think we also have to really start again, bringing it back out. It's not about the thing you're applying. Beauty isn't something that's applied to us. We're in partnership with the universe. So we've got to allow that too. And especially for people that have made other people, (laughs) mothers, um, you know, we've got to find that there's, you got to find another source mm. and it isn't, you know, and it's not your partner and it's not, it's, we've got to find it when we tap into the elements and, and finding, you know, that, that beautiful relationship with the sun, with fresh air, with water, with the things that we're getting directly from the earth. And that connection will just shift, take care of a lot anyway. Mm. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Where can our lovely community connect with you? Where can they get your books? Tell them about the store. <laughs> um, well, we're at livinglibations.com and the books are there. So I wrote, wrote Renegade Beauty and also Holistic Dental Care. But Renegade Beauty also has a juicy dental chapter. So you can really start with that one. And we're on all the social media, but IG is my fave. And, uh, and then we have a beautiful boutique in Venice which is right by the beach and you can go there and smell everything. And we also offer, I mean, you can go there and get all kinds of help. And, you know, I educate all of our beauty team. And we also offer um, free consultations with Joy. So you can call, have a video chat or chat like half an hour, ask her any question about health, beauty. 
And um, you can also just email us and we will, we answer all kinds of questions. We like to send people on their way with good information. So mm. yeah, your store staff is so incredible. They're awesome. They're just amazing. And your store is, was right by my old place was on mm. Park. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it's yeah. so close to you. So it's such a great place. And thank you so much for coming. This has been Truly. a long time coming. We're huge fans and we're really grateful for all this information. Renegade Beauty is awesome. I think there's so much of our conversation that can be really just expanded within the book and more. So we highly recommend getting it. And if you're in LA, come to Living Libations. Meet, mm-hmm. us, meet us there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank we'll you. see you on the next pleasure. one. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much, Nadine. You can buy her book, Renegade Beauty, everywhere books are sold. And you can find her incredible Living Libations products at livinglibations.com. Yeah, she's incredible. And we'll see you guys at our new Paradigm Workshop series, which is happening all across October and November on amazing topics like self-care, light language, human design, all of the good stuff. And our shop has our great organic cotton merch, which is so powerful, made by women for women. And we also have beautiful courses, downloadables on things for self-care, inner peace, all of the above. And thank you to our sponsors for this episode, Bio-Optimizers, Aloha, Article, and Daily Harvest. You can check our show notes or go to almost30.com under the partners tab and get all of the discount codes. As always, we really love to support brands that we believe in and use ourselves. Uh, So thank you again for listening. We will see you on the next one. See you soon.